0: Welcome to the Learning Capacity Podcast, where we explore stories from around the world. We hear from educators, parents, students, entrepreneurs, and scientists about innovations that help make learning easier and more successful. I'm your host, Peter Barnes. My guest today is Dr. Marianela Diaz. She's the founder of Cleverest Early Education in Panama. She's a clinical psychologist and educator who is building a network of early learning centres in Central and South America. In the next 30 minutes, she tells how she searched the world for best practices in early learning before establishing her first centre. Dr. Diaz explains how she discovered the answer to her search in Singapore, how the Reggio Emilia Project Learning Approach and Habits of Mind are embedded into her center's bilingual curriculum, and why the teachers at Cleverest Education are psychologists. Welcome, Dr. Diaz.
1: Thank you very much. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah. So you're you're in Panama at the moment. And, um, yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, mo- most of our listeners, I th- I think, will not be familiar with Panama and particularly with education and early education in your country and surrounding countries. Would you like to just Start off by telling us about uh, the uh, scope of uh, what's going on there.
1: Well, uh, Panama is a very, very small country in Central America. We have uh, kind of like 3.5 million uh, in population, so we're very tiny. Um, Education in Panama is a bit complex, uh, being as we are in Central America. The public education is not... Um, where we would want it to be so um, what has happened private education has been taken off quite a bit Uh, it's very difficult to get into really good schools here in Panama because there's not um, enough of them so so uh, placement tests are done in the k-12 area Um, and uh, we're trying to uh, make a difference from early on, which, you know, I might explain that a little bit further on, but Panama is very, very, um, very, we have two ranges. We have either very good education or very poor education, I'm sorry to say.
0: Right, and so as far as early education is concerned, is there much uh, early education available there?
1: There is. There is in Panama. We have quite a few early education centers, um, the problem that I saw even before I, I opened my first um, Cleverest early education was a lot of the preschools, which is what it's called here, are actually very homegrown preschools. Um, there are very few, maybe two Montessori's, which are very oriented in that way. I don't know if they're certified. I know most of the teachers are not certified because we don't have a certification um, team here in Panama, so you have to go abroad, so it's very difficult. But most of the education or the, or the early educations or preschool, like I mentioned, are actually like daycare centers.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: you know, this got me to thinking.
0: Okay. So, so you, you're, what was your motivation then? You're, you're seeing – um, a lot of sort of quasi day, daycare centers in Panama. Uh, mm-hmm. so it, your motivation to do something, um, more educational, more, um, research based. Can you tell us about what, what made you decide well, to is, do this?
1: Yeah, I would love to tell you, uh, my journey actually, because it it has been a journey, um, my husband, he, he's been in education for maybe over 30 years or so. I was in education myself. And the way we were going about it, we saw that we were making very little impact. And um, we were on vacation a couple of years back. And we went to Singapore. And, and if you go into my website, you will see that Cleverest Early Education is powered by Mulberry, Singapore. So, when we were in Singapore, we had a uh, a talk about education and how well the the people in uh, Singapore were doing, and we spoke about the pizza pizza test and how they were very well ranked and how Panama ranked very very low and um, the when actually, I think it was two terms ago we we participated in the pizza test, we came out so low that um the government decided not to participate anymore that way we wouldn't have a problem <laughs> the score
0: you know? so, right
1: so all that and um so uh, speaking a little bit on that topic my husband said you know what we're at the Mecca of education we're in Singapore um, tests across the board show that they are the best problem solving education in the world So uh, that's where my journey began, speaking just with him over a glass of wine and seeing how we could, you know, maybe put our little five cents worth in the education system in Panama. Uh And since I am a psychologist and I'm into education. I know that the, the most important years are the very early on, the very, the first five years is where you make your neuron connections. So that's why we decided to go in early education.
0: Right. So you want to, you're, you're going to make a difference right from the beginning and, and, That's and, and do something. And what I'm hearing is you're doing something different to what is available in Panama right now. Yeah. That's correct. And, yes. Um, and, and, and tell me what, what, what's, what's special about Mulberry Learning? You went to Singapore. I understand Singapore and its reputation for educational excellence. Uh, and, um, how they rank really, really well on PISA. Um, but what what's special about why did you select Mulberry Learning as a model?
1: Okay, um, that's a, that's an interesting question. Actually, when I went to Singapore, I, I actually set up like twelve meetings before I went there. I did you know an extensive research um, on internet. I, I contacted a quite a few preschools in Singapore, uh, both private and mixed because they were mixed with private. And what I did was I started to talk to them via Skype and um, I selected, I I actually did more than 12, but I selected 12 and, excuse me, I went to Singapore to meet up with them, to see their curriculum team, to see their, um, uh, their preschool, you know, their, actually their structure and and how the kids were. And I interviewed with them, excuse me. And um during all this time I did that maybe in about 5 days so it was quite a lot of information that I had to pack in. When I went to Mulberry I actually it was towards the end of my tour so I was very tired and I didn't see I didn't see that there was much interest in Mulberry. Uh-huh. But then when I got home and I slept quite a bit I started doing some more research on Mar- Mulberry and I started to see that their curriculum plan actually um, was constructed on three pillars, which was Reggio Emilia, which I love the philosophy, the Reggio Emilia-inspired um, preschool.
0: Is that project learning? Is that Reggio That is
1: project learning. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh-huh. <clears throat> that is correct. Then they, they include actually um, multiple intelligences from Howard Gardner, which actually is very much embedded into the Reggio Emilia approach. But then they have this Habits of Mind, which was developed by uh, Professor Costa from the University of California, which I, that caught my eye. The Habits of Mind was something that I did not see in other preschools, and um, they go very well hand-in-hand hand with my perspective on um, child psychology. Uh-huh. if you will, uh-huh. because for me, it's it's very important, not only the cognitive side of the development of the brain, but also the, the, the emotional part. Um, as you said, I'm a clinical psychologist. I actually, I, I have a private practice, so I see a lot of individuals who struggle with their emotional side, so I wanted to do something that would actually co- coexist with cognitive learning and emotional learning, and habits of mind just kind of you know, embedded into that really, really well. So that's what took me over the top with mulberry.
0: Right. Okay. And so you, you've you've built project learning, multiple intelligence, habits of mind into your curriculum, and into it's, it's the, uh, basically the underlying philosophy for your approach. Is that what you're?
1: Yes, describing? it is. It's, it's, yes, it it is. But it's actually it's from it's. It's created by Mulberry because all these three things are embedded into the curriculum. Um, so so what I did was I actually got their license for the curriculum um, to be able to teach literacy, numeracy, fine motor school skills, gross motor skills. So uh, and, and that is embedded into that. Uh-huh. What I did or, or one of the things also that I came up with, it, it was going to be for me very difficult to bring a Singaporean model to Latin America, you know, knowing that we're two different cultures, even though we might have the same weather, but we're very different cultures. <laughs> um, so, um, so I knew that was going to be quite a challenge. So that's why we actually came up with our brand, which is Cleverest Early Education, powered by Mulberry Learning Singapore. And um, so that was that with the curriculum. But on top of that, we embedded a lot of um, emotional working mindfulness um yoga learning we actually have a, a greenhouse so children can learn how to you know manage impulsivity grow their own vegetables see where they come from not just learn about them so it's actually a very uh, holistic way of learning
0: Mm, that's interesting. I mean, when I think about the, the organic food, yoga, all of that stuff, and then I think of, think about, um, a whole lot of alternative education approaches. Uh, so you've got that, but you've also got, um, if I can say it, hardcore, um, research based, um, approaches and you're blending the two. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With habits of mind, uh, the Singapore Ministry of Education, has adopted um, that approach for its gifted education program, which they um, offer for the top 1% of students in Singapore. Uh, so my question is, given that and given the, the name, Cleverest Early Education, is Cleverest Early Education only for really smart kids?
1: No, 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 actually no. They're for kids who just want to learn, who we actually want to tap into their excitement in learning because when children are small they actually don't know that they're learning this is just embedded into what they're doing they're learning through play through activities and we just want to get them excited about how to learn um we don't want this to seem like it's a lot of work we want them to know that there are th- different ways of learning and if we can ignite that into them actually our, our theme is ignite your child's potential uh-huh. if we can this into them we will make them um, in the best case scenario lifelong learners which is what we're actually striving for
0: wonderful really really good so what what ages are you catering for
1: we're catering from one-year-old to we have the curriculum to six-year-old but in Panama um, we see that the k-12 school system I don't know if this happens in Australia they're starting earlier and earlier on. So we have a lot of schools who do have a pre-K-3 and P-K-4. Uh-huh. So, um, mm-hmm. so we actually are receiving children from one to four.
0: Right, okay. And what, what language? I mean, you've got Spanish. You, you, you're Spanish. You speak Spanish in Panama, correct? Yes, we do. Yeah? yes. Uh-huh. So, so is, is the language in your um, centers uh, Spanish or English?
1: It's actually it's it's bilingual but it's if I would have to give it a percentage it'd be 80% English 20% Spanish um we do try to speak to the children in English sometimes we have to translate so so they can understand but we do want to create um a, a phonetic listening into them so when they do go to school it will be a lot easier for them to learn the English right. the, the grammatical way of learning in English.
0: Great, great, great foundation. So, is is, yes. is English uh, a taught? Uh, I guess the education system over there generally is in Spanish, but is English taught? Is that a compulsory um, subject in schools? They
1: do have English as as a subject in schools. We have a lot of bilingual schools, and we have a few English speaking schools with an international. Uh,
0: curriculum. Uh huh. And, and what about your staff? Uh, you mentioned, uh, a lot of the, uh, early education centers in Panama, are, are sort of like child minding with, with well intentioned mums, I imagine, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking after kids. So uh, uh, tell me about your, your, uh, staff. Are they, are they, they're obviously a, a different mold to that
1: well, what I wanted to do, since for me, like like I said before, for me, the, the emotional side is so important. Um, my idea, I went to the universities here in Panama, the private ones, and I was looking for um, bilingual psychologists. Because for me, uh, it was important for them to be able to know about the emotional side. It was very important for me to know about the developmental way of the brain, which also you learn in psychology. So um, my teachers are psychologists.
0: Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And we train them uh, because actually I went with the director and my partner, which is also my sister, Annette Cardonsky. We went to Singapore to train for the curriculum. And what we do here in Panama is we train them. We took a two-week training before we opened, and then we do a weekly three-hour training with them.
0: Wow, excellent! So, so I, I gather your plan is to um, start in Panama and then extend uh, the cleverest early education model uh, into central other countries in Central America and in South America. Is that, is that, that that's correct? That
1: is correct. That is correct. Because one of the things that we actually, my husband and I, our vision is. Uh, long-term is to be able to make an impact, you know in Latin America, not just my country um, We also um, this is a very elite um, uh, Maybe a segment a of the of the market population and we are actually looking right now into making something a bit more accessible to um, maybe middle-class um, uh, population and then go a little bit lower we we are trying to we're making efforts to to be in touch with the government to be able to provide this for public schools or or public um, they they do they have a, a specific name here but it would be like uh, like um, a nursery uh, where they go and they are public so we actually we're starting to speak to them you know we're talking about training giving them the curriculum because we want to make an impact.
0: Well, you know, if you, if you absolutely if you can get into the into the public schools, that that's the way to make a, a big impact, and probably oh, yeah. and, and probably way faster than you can uh, setting up standalone um, cleverest early education centres. That is correct. Yeah. One of the things that's caught my eye in, in just doing a little <laughs> bit of background research for this conversation. Mm-hmm um i've been following your instagram which is very very mm-hmm. active and interesting uh and you you're all posting uh pictures of um what's going on in in your uh, with your children and so forth and one thing that struck me is the, the bright how bright and colorful the whole uh thing seems um is there mm-hmm. is there something uh, deliberate in that? Is there a, a design philosophy in uh, what you've done? Does, does design, does physical design and physical environment influence the learning?
1: Well actually um, since we do try to engage the child if there are in, a, it, oh, let me go back a little bit if you see the pictures of our centre you will see that it has a lot of colours but they're not bright colours, they're kind of like low purple, maybe light bluish, a light pinkish. It's, it doesn't have bright, bright, bright colors, neon colors, because that's a little bit disruptive. But we do want to make it the environment engaging because we work with learning stations, and we want the children to be able to engage. So if it's something promo, I think it's in English, um, it's not going to be very exciting for the child. So we do want to engage them. So yeah, that is uh, very deliberate. Um, We chose colors that are not too exciting because we don't want children to get overexcited. But um, it's very appealing.
0: Yeah, just looking at the the Instagram um, images, it is appealing. I I I thought, wow, I'd like to go there (laughs) if I was a lot younger.
1: Yes, some of the parents do tell us that um, that they wish that they could go back to school and come to the to the preschool. And now let me let me just say something now that you touch upon that about parents. Um, One of the things that I thought was very important was to engage the parents in the learning of their children. I know they do this a lot with in in different schools and 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 different kind of um, uh, learning environments. Um, And this is something that's very important for us. We actually have workshops for parents once a month. We try to make it very also appealing to the parents. uh, And we actually ask them what they want to hear us talk about or what kind of workshop workshop do they want to hear us give or, or, you know, information that they would want so it it actually we have a really really great response with the parents. And what we do is when we do have this um, this workshop, right at the beginning, maybe the first 15 to 20 minutes, I talk about the habit of mind that we are working on, and I actually give pointers to the parents of what they can do at home to help us or or to yeah to to help us teach their children. And it's in a very simple way. It's just a little bit of a difference of how to engage with them. It's not making them do homework or it's not making them um, come, you know, with with a, a big project or anything like that. And it also gives them techniques that they can use with other children if they have other children. So this has been really wonderful. I mean, I have had a response way more positive than what I thought it was going to be. Wow,
0: that's so, that, Yeah, that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. so um as opposed to the, the, the what happens here a lot is um parents outsource uh the care or, the, or the, let's say the education uh, of their kids to to schools and early learning centers and so forth and um there doesn't seem to be generally a lot of um crossover mm-hmm. back into the home so i think this is wonderful what you're doing and if and, and, and if you're getting if you're getting um positive feedback um that's um validating for what what you're doing correct
1: yes 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 the thing is you know when you actually or what i saw i cannot generalize but from what i saw a lot of engagement with the parents is uh, giving them work you know yeah uh, bringing Dressed up as so and so, or we're having um, a fair about something else, which is very, it's very good actually, but it usually brings a lot of workload to the parent that already works all day. Because if you have your child in a child care center or in a preschool, you're probably working, so it gets very, it gets a little bit heavy sometimes. So what I did was I kind of turned it a little bit around, and I, I don't ask for anything from them, I actually give them stuff. I, I give them information. I give them how to, you know, help them with the emotional side of their child. We talk a lot about anxiety um, because we see that, I see that a lot in my, I see that a lot in my consulting room. So I, you know, kind of bring it over to the preschool. And an, how an, we help
0: an, children. Anxiety, yeah. anxiety in the children or, or anxiety in the parents?
1: Children, parents, adolescents, everybody. Yeah. We live in, in a, my husband likes to call it the microwave age. We're in a hurry for everything. We can't even wait for water to boil. We need to put it in 30 seconds and for it to be warm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, in in this day and age that we're living, everybody's in a hurry. And hurriness actually builds up anxiety.
0: Sure does. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Everyone's hurrying, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: It's five, six, seven years old that, you know, they get picked up from school. They have to change in the car. They have to do their because they have to go to ballet and then they have to go to maybe a tutor. And they and it's like a whole day affair. And with traffic as it is, because traffic doesn't get any better in any country. I don't think I've seen any country with better. You know, that traffic gets better. It actually gets worse. So we're time constrained. um, you know, children are very anxious because they need to get somewhere on time. And it's, it's if the parent is anxious, the child's going to be anxious, and it's just going to be a lot of havoc.
0: Yeah. Well, you're you're, you're um, hopefully making a difference to that uh, with your program with uh, Cleverest Early Education and how you're extending that into the families. Um sounds like it's a really interesting thing you're doing sounds like you're absolutely passionate about it uh when when do you start to uh, move out of panama
1: well we're actually we're talking about opening two more here in panama i'm trying to concentrate on this uh, i think in 2019 we we actually it was it was funny I, I think we had been open maybe a month and a half two months somebody contacted me from costa rica you know because they had seen it and you know they called to their attention and they were interested about it and what it was and you know how they could maybe bring it to Costa Rica it was a very it, you know it was just a one time thing mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. but it was really early on you know right. but i think would be i we would be talking about uh 2019 maybe middle second half to 2019, it's, it's a lot more work than what I thought it was going to be.
0: <laughs> Everything is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to think, but harder to do.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: totally.
1: Uh, I, mean, I have a wonderful team. Yeah,
0: it sounds like it. Well, look, I think that's uh, wonderful. Thank you for talking with us. So if someone, uh, one of our listeners or some of our listeners would want to learn more uh, about what you're doing or, or get in touch with you, how's best for them to do that?
1: Well, actually, um, they can go into the website and write uh, there because you have a, like a tab for information. I do get that email, and um, I can connect with them through that. That's it's very actually straightforward and easy.
0: So that's cleverest c l e v e r e s t earlyeducation. dot
1: No, actually, it's cleverest education, not
0: Clever- early education. Cleverest okay, it's yeah. mm-hmm. pretty easy. Well, thank yes. you. Thank you, Dr. Diaz. Thank you for your time. It must be towards the end of the day where you are now.
1: Yes, so. it is. It's actually almost six o'clock.
0: Brilliant. So, thank you. Yes. And perhaps we can talk again sometime.
1: I would love to. And it was great to speak to you. And um, I was recently, as you know, in Australia with my daughter. And we had a wonderful time. It's a beautiful place.
0: It certainly is. <laughs> thank you.
1: Thank you. And have a good, I think. Evening?
0: No, day. Good morning yeah, early morning here.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah. Have a good day then.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFastHQ.com, delivering the world's best evidence-based solutions for learning since nineteen ninety-nine. Head over to our website to read a transcript of the podcast. Go to learnfasthq.com, that's L-E-A-R-N-F-A-S-T-H-Q.com, and click on podcast in the menu at the top of the page. And don't forget to subscribe in your listening app, so you don't miss hearing any of the interesting discussions about learning, teaching, and education.